patrymau a chloes o isgwrs podlediad consortium cynolbarth y dyr. Yn y podlediad hwn byddwch chi'n clywed y trafodaethau diweddara am bob math o bethau addysg. Hello and welcome to SCOS, the Central South Consortium podcast. In this podcast, we'll bring you the very latest discussions on all things education. Hello and welcome to this International Languages podcast for Central South Consortium. My name is Sophie Thomas. I'm a lead practitioner for secondary German with CSE and I'm also a teacher of French and German at Fourth Core Comprehensive School. And I am here today with Catherine Thomas and Molly Brace, and I shall just hand over them to them now to introduce themselves. Okay, thank you, Sophie. Yes, I'm Catherine Thomas, and I'm the lead practitioner for secondary French, and I teach French and Spanish at Ascol Gavin Gumraig Plas Maur. Hi, I'm Molly. I'm a PGCE student at the University of Wales Trinity St David. I've just finished my final week on placement, and I'm looking forward to starting my NQT year at Penareal Comprehensive School in September, teaching French and Spanish. Excellent. Okay, well, now that's the introductions out of the way, uh, let's have a look at what we're going to be talking about in this podcast. So we are going to be having a general discussion about the current state of play in the International Languages Classroom in Wales. We will have a little look at the strengths and weaknesses that we've observed in our own pupils sort of since the lockdown uh, of 2021. We're going to share some of our favourite new ideas and uh, reflect on our thoughts as we go forward into the next academic year. We're just going to say that we're currently uh, three weeks to the end of term here. Hooray! And we hope you'll find it useful as you start to think beyond the last few months of um, centre-determined grades and lockdowns. Um, thankfully. Um, so perhaps a good place to start would be sort of where we we now, now being sort of summer 2021, where are we at? Well, we're all very relieved to have got to the end of that CDG process, I'm <laughs> sure. Um, but I think if we are looking specifically at uh, the teaching and learning, obviously, that's been going on over the last year, um, naturally, we have identified gaps and areas of weaknesses uh, within our pupils and particularly for me I've noticed that speaking skills have obviously suffered over this time. Um, I think we had a combination of things where we had you know pupils being very reluctant to want to participate in the live lessons that they were attending from home. Uh, I felt a bit like a stand-up comedian at mine with all little blobs like jumping around the screen, screen and nobody speaking to me um, and then you've got that combined with the fact that you're asking them to speak a foreign language. Excuse me there goes the school bell. Um, and speaking a foreign language in a classroom sometimes can be really hard for teenagers when they feel that they're perhaps not good enough, that they can't do it. And so this combination actually made it very, very difficult to really practice any sort of spontaneous speaking over lockdown. Um, so obviously that's going to be a priority for us for next year. Um, the WJEC website has listed the proposed changes for both GCSE, AS and A2 exams. You can find all of those on the website and they will go some way, I think, to help pupils overcome this gap. Uh, however, in terms of developing their fluency in speaking, you know, this is definitely something that we're going to need to look at. I mean, it's so important, isn't it, that they develop their speaking. If they, and I feel like if they can develop the fluency in speaking, everything else falls into place. Um, so, you know, this is the reason, isn't it? We all chose to study a language so we could speak it. So it is obviously going to be something that we are going to be looking at going forward. So perhaps if we have a little discussion about that, 
Um, Kath, what are your favourite ways of developing spontaneous speaking in lessons? Um, well, just to reiterate, I completely agree that there have been gaps and weaknesses. I mean, we, quiet pupils were even quieter during virtual lessons. And so some of them have gone months without uttering a word in French. I mean, I think I got better at getting them to contribute as time went by during virtual lessons, but I'm not convinced that that led to sort of purposeful language acquisition. And I don't think it helped them with their confidence particularly. Now they're back in the classroom. Um, I've tried my best to kind of incorporate activities that get them speaking um, to build confidence. Um, I love pyramid translation as a speaking activity. Firstly, it's COVID friendly because they just work with two or three next to them. You don't need to move them around the classroom. You don't need to move tables, etc. Um, and also get some speaking for an extended period. So that by the end of it, they're producing a whole paragraph in the target language. Um, also, there's no embarrassment about getting it wrong because as a teacher, you circulate, but you don't, you know, you don't make an issue of getting one of them to speak in front of the rest of the class. Um, and they seem to really enjoy it. They seem to like sort of monitoring each other's language and, and correcting it and helping them. I've also, I also use sentence builders a lot um, just to practice really short chunks of language because I think in virtual lessons, it had to be short chunks of language um, to keep their attention, to make it doable on a virtual lesson. Um, so I've done that particularly with year nine French. They've only started French this year, so they've had a pretty rough ride, poor things. Yeah really tough for them isn't it welcome to French and then off you go at home to learn <laughs> and also to continue I think um uptake has also suffered during lockdown certainly um several schools are, are reporting their lowest uptake in years and I think despite teachers best and very successful efforts to engage and encourage pupils it seems that pupils are more worried about the loss of language skills through lockdown than other subjects which are easier without a specialist at home. I mean, not many pupils have a parent or somebody in the family who can support them with their French, the German or the Spanish. Yeah, absolutely. I think this is something that's been reported by a lot of schools. And um, it's really interesting, isn't it? We had a parent actually who uh, approached us after we'd come back to school and said, oh, that they'd really, really like to do German next year. But I just feel that it's the one thing that they found the hardest because nobody could help them at home. How many mm -hmm. times the parent parents evening I'm really sorry I don't speak Spanish I don't speak French I can't help them and we kind of say well that's not your job you don't have to be helping them we'll do all of that for you but it's their perception mm -hmm. they don't speak the language therefore they can't do anything and they, they can't give any support and so I think that has obviously uh, had an impact like we were just saying with the speaking it's also had an impact in the uptake mm -hmm. it's ironic because the number of subscribers to language learning apps like Duolingo are way up and actually according to Duolingo the number of users of the app rose by 67% worldwide in 2020 but in the UK that figure was a staggering 132% so it's almost double the worldwide um, mm. and so you've got to ask that question you know over lockdown this was the one of the top things that people decided to do with their lockdown time i know mm. i'm going to learn that language that ambition i've always had that thing i've always wanted to do that's what i'm going to dedicate my time to um and yet we're not seeing that coming through in the numbers of the of those opt-in at gcse and especially having done options for a lot of schools like ours over lockdown mm -hmm. so um you know that's obviously something we have to think about I had a few comments as well from our pupils regarding Brexit. I remember when the um, the Brexit decision was made a few years ago, the next day we had pupils coming in saying, 
I've opted for French and German, and now I think I need to change my mind because of Brexit. Mm -hmm. It was was instant. It was they read the headline, and then they want to change their mind. And I think now the fact that that has now finally sort of uh, come to uh, a, a, you know, mm-hmm. that that's maybe also impacted on the choices of people who were doing options at the same time that that Brexit bill was coming uh, to the, to its end. So that's obviously a factor mm-hmm. in people's choices. So yeah, so our uptake obviously is another priority and another sort of weakness, if you like, that we've identified after lockdown this year. Mm. I mean, it's ironic, really, because I think post-Brexit, the idea is that languages will be needed more rather than less. I mean, we're struggling with our French GCSE. As I mentioned just now, they started French in year nine. They've done Spanish previously. And um, we've got really small numbers. And we're not a school that struggles with numbers for languages normally. We've usually got very healthy classes. And that can only be because their learning has been so disrupted this year and they haven't had that reassurance and sort of confidence building that you would normally have. Um, So hopefully it's just a temporary dip. I mean, luckily we've got good support networks for sort of schools in Wales, the CSE resources that are there to support teachers. Um, We've been busy doing playlists, I know, which kind of may offer alternative ways of of getting pupils to participate and building confidence. And hopefully, hopefully, hopefully we can see a return at some point next year, but that might be a little bit um, optimistic to some of the face-to-face events, um, such as the pupil workshops at Cardiff City Stadium that we've that we've participated in before, because yeah, they're so those, important. Those events are so important, aren't they? That you like to say, you know, it just gives them an opportunity. I think one thing to see that other pupils and other schools learn languages yeah. as well, and to see it in a completely different context outside of their own school, outside of their own classroom, with all these different speakers from external agencies you know that Cardiff City event is absolutely brilliant and we really really would like to see you know a return to that as soon as possible um what uh about you Molly have you uh obviously uh being a student you've got to see um a couple of different schools this year and and it's quite a privileged position as I always remember it was as being a student getting to see what it was like from different sort of uh different perspectives um what would you say you know about the sort of idea of the uptake and the promotion of languages i think uh, motivation is a huge player in the game of promoting the languages because they're usually pupils are used to and this is what i've experienced during this year i've been able to observe pupils in other lessons where they're able to express their own opinions they have these really deep wider thoughts about things like religious education and things like that they can really go deep and they can really expand on things there and then they come into a language classroom and they are literally learning how to produce one or two sentences you know a few sentences by the end of the lesson and I think that causes them to think oh it's it's difficult and they lack that motivation because they feel like they can't do it because it's something they could do in their own language from the age of three or four so I think motivating them to firstly first of all to encourage them to say that they can do it they can do this and what they are doing is even though it seems to them so basic it's actually amazing to be able to speak another language um, and reminded them as well that there are so many thousands of languages around the world. So why would we only learn one? Why not learn more than one? Um, and I think as well, starting off that curiosity about where languages came from and why are there so many of them and which languages are similar to which ones, that they start to become interested in the actual story of it. And then they start getting those deeper thoughts, those deeper And I think that's that creates that motivation there then and 
and something I like to do. Sorry, go on. Sorry, I was going to say when actually Molly was uh, did one of her placements with us here in Port Call, and one of the things that we were doing at the time was our Year Seven uh, Our World project, where we did a lot of exploring the roots of languages, and actually. Um, seeing that penny drop for those year sevens, wasn't it? Well, so these languages, they're all from a family and they're all linked. And so I can, uh, there was a little task we gave them where they had a bit of Italian and Spanish. They had to match it to the French, you know, and being able to, like you say, yes, you can, you can do this if you perhaps look at it in just with different eyes, I suppose. And so, yeah, it's really, really interesting. We're hoping that that connection will, you know, in the time where they go through to be able, being able to pick their GCSE options, that that will sort of help motivate them as well. Yeah, 100%. It was my, the mm -hmm. best the best lesson I ever taught, I think, so far. Because just seeing this, <laughs> they were so interested and it was nice to see that they were starting to get a bit passionate about it. And it's something that you don't always see in them when they start learning a language. Yeah, really, really interesting. So I think, okay, so sort of to sum, sum up our sort of weaknesses and our concerns our two main ones i think are speaking and uh uptake. uh but we you know let's not try to be too negative as we uh go into the summer holidays um there are loads of strengths aren't there that have come through uh this period that you could never have anticipated back in march 2020 and um, you know we have the upskilling of staff and pupils when it comes to using digital technology is really impressive and it's opened up so many options and so many doors as we now go forward and think well actually the way we teach is going to change you know it is going to be different because now we have all these skills um, and we have these different resources and so we're in a different place to where we were in March 2020 um, and so the use of technology to facilitate language learning will undoubtedly be a huge strength moving forward. So what would you say are your COVID keepers? Well, my absolute go-to is the use of online games, but making sure that they are actually implementing the language learning and making it fun at the same time. So I use a lot of Quizlet Live and Bluck It. They were my top two because the pupils love the competitivity of it. They come in asking every lesson, oh, can we do Bluck It at the end? Can we do Quizlet Live at the end? They're motivated. And if that's what makes them happy, then that's what I'm going to go with because it, that's what it is for me is just keeping them motivated and excited in the lesson and having that competitivity. And they really like using their phones in class because it's something they haven't always been used to. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, okay, we can use our phone. This is this is good. We can consolidate all the language learning that you've done in the lesson. I've even used it to introduce vocabulary, which becomes even more competitive because they've never seen the vocabulary before. And it just works really well for me. And for the last couple of minutes of the lesson or as a starter, something to get them really into the lesson or to really consolidate things, it's my absolute go-to and I just love 